Morning prayer starts on page four. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. O Lord, open thou our lips. <clears throat> and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95 for the Venite on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our psalm is Psalm 28, and it starts on page 373. Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my strength. Think no scorn of me, lest, if thou make as though thou hearest not, I become like them that go down into the pit. Hear the voice of my humble petitions when I cry unto thee, when I hold up my hands toward the mercy seat of thy holy temple. O pluck me not away, neither destroy me with the ungodly and wicked doers, which speak friendly to their neighbors, but imagine mischief in their hearts. Reward them according to their deeds, and according to the wickedness of their own inventions. Recompense them after the work of their hands, Pay them that they have deserved. For they regard not in their mind the works of the Lord, nor the operation of his hands. Therefore shall he break them down, and not build them up. Praise be the Lord, for he hath heard the voice of my humble petitions. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart hath trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart danceth for joy, and in my song will I praise him. The Lord is my strength and he is the wholesome defense of his anointed. O save thy people, and give thy blessing unto thine inheritance. Feed them, and set them up forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 19th chapter of the book of Genesis. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, when Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Here now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night, and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, No, but we will spend the night in, your, in the open square. 
But he insisted strongly, so they turned into him and entered his house. Then he made them a feast, and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter, surrounded the house. And they called to Lot, and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us, that we may know them carnally. So Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him, and said, Please, my brother, and do not do so wickedly. See now, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you, and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. Then they said, This one came in and to stay here, and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man Lot, and came near to break down the door. But the men reached out their hands, and pulled Lot into the house with them, and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they, may, so that they became weary trying to find the door. Then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here? Son-in-law, your sons, and your daughters, and whomever you have in the city, take them out of this place. For we will destroy this place, because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, and who had married his daughters, and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But to his sons-in-law he, he seemed to be joking. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here. The men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass, when they had brought them outside, that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Then Lot said to them, Please, no, my lords. Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight. And you have increased your mercy, which you have shown me by, by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die. See, now this city is near enough to flee to, and is a little one. Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also, in that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. Then he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah, and toward all the land of the plain. And he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land which went up like the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass, when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow, when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. Then Lot went up out of Zoar, and dwelt in the mountains, and his two daughters were with him. For he was afraid to dwell in Zoar, and he and his two daughters dwelt in a cave. Now the firstborn said to the younger, our father is old, and there is no man on earth to come into us, as is the custom of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him. 
that we may preserve the lineage of our father. So they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. It happened on the next day that the firstborn said to the younger, Indeed, I lay with my father last night. Let us make him drink wine tonight also, and go in and lie with him, that we may preserve the lineage of our father. Then they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Thus both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. The firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. And the younger, she also bore a son, called his name Ben-Ami, and he is the father of the people of Ammon this day, to this day. Here ends the first lesson. Together, Benedictus says, Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim. Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom. Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven. Praise and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, as now and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Here begins the second chapter of the first epistle of Paul to the Corinthians. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for your glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which, by man, which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Here ends the second lesson. Together, Benedictus. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David 
as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And now, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let and with pray. thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, Defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the powers of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Um, it's my honor and pleasure to uh, fill in for Joel, who's still on vacation. And uh, Saturday morning's uh, just kind of a really good morning to um, look at what we're, we're studying and what we've studied all week and what's coming up. And this colic that we have today is, is the colic, and we're going to read that all through Lent, and then we'll have a colic for tomorrow, we'll have first Sunday in Lent, um, and that'll be our, 
our collect uh, will be there, but we'll always have this one as a second collect during the Lenten season. And what we're asking in this collect is that we create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, perfect remission, and forgiveness. So Lent, um, the good news is we have 36 days if we leave out Sundays of fasting remaining in Lent. And I say that tongue-in-cheek because I used to think that 36 more days of not having something and now, thankfully, I'm leaning uh, to 36 more days to experience closeness to Jesus. And so I'm encouraging you, if uh, you're feeling like I have to give something up for 36 more days, that maybe change the thought to I get 36 more days to get closer and closer to God. So it's not too late to consider your Lenten fast. And for the, um, in other words, if you haven't decided yet, ask God to guide you this weekend. You can jump in at any time and and um, you'll be blessed to, to get, be able to be uh, come closer to God. And I've had friends tell me how when they do do this and they participate in the fast, that towards the end, they, it's, they're surprised about uh, how their life is changing and how close, how close they do feel. And so for those of you who are in the fast, it's good to remember that I say you might mess up or slip or whatever word you want to use, but I think I would take the might up and out and say when you mess up or slip. Um, determine now that you will jump right back in because the goal isn't to demonstrate our righteousness it's to come closer to God. Well, there's a lot in these two passages, uh, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, so I'm going to pick on some highlights here. And what it teaches us is that we know that God is loving and patient and powerful and faithful, but we have to also remember he's holy and sin cannot continue ad infinitum. Uh, there will be a reckoning. And in Lot's, in Sodom's case, uh, Lot was the last uh, righteous man, and so he was delivered. Uh, just a comment about Lot's wife I was reading, and she turned back. And it was a kind of a, uh, one of the um, commentators said it was that she hadn't let go fully of the things of the world. She, there was a part of this that she was still hanging on to, this life. So she turned back, and of course, they were told not to, and she was punished for that. And... Lot's surviving daughters, um, they were probably familiar with the flood story, and they believed the earth was destroyed and there was no man left. So they <clears throat> devised a plan to continue the family life. And I think it brings a point up that the Bible is a story of God's relationship to man and the conflict between God and paganism and, um, and, and the battle of, between God and paganism. But just because something is mentioned doesn't mean it's right. And I, I remember if, if those of you who have been with us for a while... Jephthah's daughter. Jephthah was one of the judges, and, and that was an example of this. And if you don't know Jephthah's daughter, we'll get to that in Judges. It's just a couple more months. So um, each of his daughters were impregnated, and they had children. Um, Lot's oldest daughter had uh, Moab, who became the, the, the father of the Moabites. And, and the Moabites were cursed after their king Balak attempted to have Balaam uh, cast a curse on the Israelites, and you remember the story of the, the donkey speaking, and that's another one that's coming up to look forward to. And so uh, the result of her actions is, is an enemy of Israel. And Lot's younger daughter had a son, Ben-Ami, and uh, became the father of the Ammonites, who were defeated by Saul, and they were perennial enemies of the Hebrews. So uh, the result of their actions was um, uh, not, not it wasn't great. So, um, like Eve in the garden and Sarah with Hagar, taking solutions into our own hands without the guidance of God seems to lead to negative outcomes. 
And and that's kind of, that's a lesson for us is to remember to let the spirit guide us. So the story of Sodom and Gomorrah illustrates the closeness of God and Abraham because God told Abraham his intention was Sodom and beforehand and Abraham pleaded with God who conceded that he would spare Sodom if 10 righteous people could be found. In the end only Lot was righteous and he was given a way of escape. And a, a few days ago we read a second thing is we read God promised a blessing on those who blessed Abraham and a curse on those who cursed Abraham. In Genesis 12:3 we read I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in all and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So after the rescue of Lot from the five kings, Melchizedek, the priest and king, blessed Abraham and was blessed. And the king of Sodom barely, um, he did not bless Abraham. He barely recognized him. All he wanted was his stuff back. And you see what happened to Sodom. And so the final thing of this, the lesson on Sodom and Gomorrah is that the destruction of Sodom is a warning to, what, to the Canaanites as a whole if they persisted in their sinful ways. And um, the, the Old Testament tells us that it was because of their wickedness that the Canaanites were conquered and displaced by Israel. But it's also a warning that sin isn't going to go on forever. It will be judged. So some good lessons from, from um, Genesis. Paul in 1 Corinthians, um, he's talking and he's talking about how, um, he, he, how the Corinthians were converted when he, when he preached. And so what they had was some people came in and said, Paul wasn't a great preacher. He's not really an apostle. All these things happened, and they were trying to run Paul down. And so in that time, um, uh, a good, skilled orator was judged by his ability to, to bewitch the hearers, or almost the magic of the way he spoke. And so um, the, what, what he said was really immaterial. It was how he spoke, and, and the whole point was to gain the adulation of the audiences. And so Paul used none of those tricks in verse 17. He says that, for he did not preach the words of human wisdom uh, by means of the wisdom of, of rhetoric. So Paul contrasted himself with those orators to show that any success has, uh, in preaching was not from skill, but from the power of God, which is more important. And that was because he wanted the Corinthians' faith to rest in the power of God and not the eloquence of a speaker. Um, Paul wasn't a silver-tongued orator, um, but he persuaded the, Christ, the Corinthians to become Christians, and that was through the Holy Spirit that happened. So he was contrasting um, that. And I think this is a not renewed, this whole idea of the, somebody who's beautiful and can speak wonderfully. That's not a new thing if we remember. King Saul was tall and beautiful, but his heart wasn't right, and he wasn't humble before the Lord. David was a shepherd who was a young man who went to fight a giant, while the tall, beautiful men fretted and worried because he came and David came in the name of the Lord. So a couple things to remember for us um, as we go through Lent. Uh, we are at war with the world, the flesh, and the devil. And we are soldiers on one side or the other. We get to choose which side we serve. Uh, one of the things I thought, if God doesn't need us, we need him. And in the end, we win. Not because of who we are, but because of who God is. And uh, did I mention we already know who wins and how it turns out? So our choice is to follow God, to get close to him, to forsake the things of the world. And that's what our Lenten fast is to teach us to, to forsake the things of the world and draw closer to God. I'd like to continue with the prayer for all conditions of men on page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. 
More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate, especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thanks to Carl for responding and reading today. Uh, blessings to all of you. Remember to speak with the power of God as we go out today. Thank you, Deacon Bob. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you. Have a good day, everyone.